Hey, Warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Sync. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Unqualified Therapist. Ooh, ooh. She has her energy I have today. It in me. I do, I do. So we are back, and we have Sarah as our guest. <laughs> I just said it the way that her husband would say her name. I don't know why. I was like, Sarah. I know. <laughs> God, <laughs> such a Randall thing you to know, do. You know, it's it's that's one of the things I love about him the most is that he put, he can inject joy into like the <laughs> smallest things yeah, like right. even just saying your, and he'll find joy in the smallest things i'll say something and i'll be like dead serious and he will crack up yeah and he's like you're so funny and i'm like okay <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i just think it's so funny how he does that but i must be picking it up because i just i swear <laughs> to god as soon as i said it i was like oh i sound like randy <laughs> Well, you know, I'm going to love it. <laughs> so Sarah is here to tell the full story from beginning to end. We've only told pieces of it. And I think it's really important for uh, folks who are, you know, unfortunately going through similar situations, have family members, friends, anything where, you know, you're trying to understand. And that's really what this is all about. This is why we share our stories, because we're trying to understand other people's um traumas and things that they go through and also when it unfortunately becomes our turn right which you know that's just life mm -hmm. so i'm putting not putting that out there on anyone i'm just saying that you know it's good to know that you're not alone when and if something like that lands at your feet so sarah is going to share with us about her uh diagnosis and treatment with breast cancer yeah that sounds big it does sound so big and it, it strangely starts with me. It does. I know. <laughs> all the stories lead back to Amy. All things, all things lead back to me. Cause I, yeah. <laughs> Cause we were meant to be in That's this right. life together. That's right. We were. And so one of the biggest things that happened in my life intersected with yeah. my friendship with you. Yeah. This is for sure. So, um, so, so it is weird because this is kind of, a place where we always talk about how our friendship was very, very, very different back then. And mm -hmm. it really was, but we had these moments mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that are like our life now constantly. Mm -hmm. So like what we live every minute now, we had moments of that back then. Yeah. And one of those moments was when we went to DC to, for my certification for booty yoga. Yes. And for me, that was insanity 
that she would drive down there to go. Really? Oh yeah. I remember like talking to Scott about it and being like, I don't, I don't really understand this because I really have never had a friend who would do such a thing Aww. like out of like, you know, like yeah. that. And it neither was, have, neither have I, but so I don't know. Why it I'm was like, beautiful really? and it was extremely bonding and it was wonderful. And Scott and Lily were with us because yeah. Avery was not yet known. That's right. And so we had a really wonderful weekend in uh, DC. It was the hardest physical thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. But having Sarah there was so helpful and beneficial. And then on the second day, so we, that night, everything was fine. We had a good time. Her, Scott and Sarah tried to teach me about beats <laughs> and rhythm. It's seriously a moment I will never and forget. And musicality. If you could have seen the two of them like hitting the floor, like trying to <laughs> feel it. And I was like, what do you mean a music? Like, what do you mean is every song has beats? Like, how is that? What do you even? S- um, and they, they must have just been like looking at her like, what the hell is wrong with you? And it's true, folks. I had no idea. I am much better and I hit the beat pretty much 90% of the time now. Yeah. So. I mean, I can't like from that point to now, <laughs> it, you are like a different <laughs> different teacher. I know. Totally different. And so it is a uh, funny transition. I just think that moment is such a great like interaction of the three of us because uh, yes. it totally makes like sense. Yes. Like that I was the odd person out because <laughs> you guys were so similar. But yeah, so that, you know, Lily's probably just like bouncing around singing and dancing and doing whatever. And they're like, oh my God, the beat. Hear it. So... So that night, uh, they're helping me practice for the next day when I'm going to, um, try to get certified. And the next day then, Sarah, I think it was in the middle of, it was in the middle of the day. In the middle of the day, she, she just said to me, I really don't feel good. Yeah. And I think I need to leave. And I knew that for her to drive all the way out there, like the day and a half before mm-hmm. that she was really not feeling well. Cause I think we had decided I was going to drive home with you. Yeah. You were coming home with me. And so that's obviously, you know, exciting to go hang out with each other, each other more. Yeah. Um, so she really wasn't feeling well. And I, so I finished out the day, but she left and, and I missed your certification. Like I missed your, um, no, you didn't. I didn't. Mm-mm. There's, there's like a video of us and a oh picture my gosh. of us. No. Wow. You waited. See, in, this is why you waited until that was done. Uh, um, I and see. then you left. Okay. Okay. And it's, it's like it's a little fuzzy. It's a little fuzzy. <laughs> and I could have left then. It's just really looked down upon, frowned upon. Right. To leave right. early. Yeah. Until everybody has, uh, tried it. I don't want to say tried out. I keep saying that. Yeah. I'm not I don't sure. Know. How I, well, auditioned. Auditioned. I That's guess. That's not really yeah. it either, though. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, that was back in the day when there was no open throat chakra at all. I was like, oh. <laughs> like literally that's how words came out of my mouth. It was really bizarre. I don't even know that person anymore. And I'm no. super happy to be this person instead <laughs> where I will say all the things. Yeah. So Sarah leaves and I really don't get to talk to her then until like two days later. And a lot happens Yeah. in those two days. Mm-hmm. So why don't you start there on that drive home, how you were feeling and then what you did and um, maybe who you talked to. Yeah. So, I wasn't feeling well and I couldn't put my finger on it. I just didn't feel good. I was tired and, and just like 
completely drained, yeah. I think was the, the big thing, which was giving me like a massive headache. And I was just, I think that that was the fatigue was like taking over me. Yeah. And I have lived with depression for years. And so I know what fatigue, you know, mm-hmm. can do to your body, but this was different. It was a totally different type of fatigue. Um, and just to tell you, this is why you need to check your boobs all the time. That was the only physical symptom I had. You guys just tired, just t- so, so tired, so, so tired. And I had a very hard time, um, completing normal activities and like, and just ugh, the headaches and the, it was, I just couldn't, I didn't feel right. And, um, yeah. and that's normal. There are very few physical, um, symptoms. That's really scary. Yes. Um, very few physical symptoms for breast cancer. So with that being said, I just want to, cause I'm going to remind you 7,000 times during this episode to just, uh, make sure you check yourself because get that your mammogram. Is, yes. And get your mammograms. Um, that is the best way for detection for breast cancer. So, um, since I was about 16 years old, I've had lumps in my breasts. Um, so it's something that I've lived with for a long time. And so I, this is the other thing that was kind of scary about it is that they, to me, that was just how my breasts felt. So, um, I didn't realize that anything was wrong. Yeah. And I had gone to, um, an OB appointment when I was, uh, I think I was like 26 years old and they sent me for an ultrasound because they had felt um, lumps in my breasts. Okay. And so I remember laying on the table, getting the ultrasound and tears just like streaming down like the sides of my face and like hitting the wet, like hitting the paper underneath yeah. of my head. And Randy was there, like he was holding my hand and he's like, it's going to be okay. And I didn't understand, you know, cause they didn't say like, they weren't <laughs> the doctors I had then. I lived in Las Vegas at the time. I did not live in Pittsburgh. Um, but the doctors there at the time weren't very clear on what was going on. They actually scared me more than anything and made me feel like I had cancer before even verifying yeah. anything. So it was just a very scary time. And then um, they told me right away, which was really great. They had a doctor come in and say, oh, well, that's good. That yeah. You didn't have to wait. These are... Um, these are not solid masses. We can, you know, kind of see through them there. It's not cancerous. You have, um, it's called fibrocystic disease. It sounds so scary, but it's really not all it is. is yeah. these, these cysts that are in your breasts that they will expand and collapse. Okay. Um, what can make them flare up is caffeine, stress, and like lack of sleep. <laughs> hmm. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. Basically life. Yeah. Um, so I would have them and they would come and they would go. And so I just never really paid attention to the lumps in my breast. Um, so in 2007, I, um, got breast implants. I had always wanted them. Yeah. I had a smaller breasts. I was a size a cup and I just wanted them. So I got sure. them. I could, I did, you know, so why not? Um, and I remember when you have plastic surgery like that, they take a picture before and they take pictures afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking, um, at my, breast on the right side and seeing this little, it was like a pea size lump and just actually could have even been smaller than that. Yeah. And it was so close to the surface that it was making my skin red and Mm. it would like make my skin itch because it was like stretching the skin. And I went to the plastic surgeon and I said, this like wasn't here before. And he pulled out the pictures that they took beforehand and he said, no, it was here. It is there. And that was it. End of the conversation. 
Does that make you wonder now? I do. Do you feel like maybe he should have said something else? Or? I do. Yeah. I do. I mean, he was a great plastic surgeon. My boobs yeah. looked amazing. But like, I feel like he should have said something like, like maybe hey, you should go here now. <laughs> exactly. Maybe go, you know, if you're worried about it. Yes. Maybe yeah. go check, see your OBGYN and see if they recommend you getting right. it looked at any further. But no, it was just, that was there before. I didn't do it to you, was basically what he was trying to say, I think. Okay. <laughs> so um, that was 2007. Fast forward to 2018 with uh, Amy's booty certification. Um, and I'm driving home from D.C. and I'm just not feeling well. And I know that it was like a divine intervention like smack upside the back of my head yeah to be like um you're not feeling well something's wrong yeah <laughs> and um and it's your boob because <laughs> seriously i didn't know i could not figure out like what was going on and and i'm driving and i start feeling it and i'm like feeling it and i'm just obsessively squeezing my boobs driving down the road for four hours from dc to pittsburgh and do you feel it you could feel it so easily mm. this tumor was so big that um when i took and, and mind you i had breast implants so my breasts were like a size d my cups and i could take my thumb and my forefinger and it was like the whole width of my breast i could feel it from end to end what yeah and so that's when i was like okay um <laughs> i don't think this is right <laughs> yeah so I called my mom because I knew if I told her, she would force you. Like she would nag the hell yes. out of me until I did something about it. So I called her on the way home and I said, um, I feel this lump in my breast. I need to go get it checked out. I'm telling you so that you make me call the doctor tomorrow because yeah. I also, um, do not like doctors. Right. Same. So I feel like that has changed a lot since going through my treatments mm -hmm. because I did have a really great team. Um, but at that time I, I did not have a, a great experience. Um, very quick, uh, story. My dad had yeah. uh, passed away from colon cancer and, um, he didn't ha have to, and he should still be here because a doctor messed up. So, um, that's why I hate them. Or hated them. Right. And so it was neglect, negligence that caused your dad's death, not really the cancer because... Correct. He had stage one colon cancer. Exactly. When he was diagnosed. And um, that was in May of 2000. And uh, he, by October of 2000, had stage four colon cancer. And that was because of a surgery. Because correct. of a surgical mistake. The, yes. It was malpractice. Um, so of course. Yeah. And now you're like thinking the same thing about, you know, you being diagnosed possibly and having that experience right. would make you want to run the other way. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually surprised that I even said anything to my mom, honestly, um, but I think it just scared me so much. Sure. So the next day, so that was a Sunday. Yes. Yeah. So that was a Sunday. And then, so Monday morning I called my OB 
and he said, uh, I can get you in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I went out on Tuesday and I knew immediately from the look on his face that it was not good. Um, he, uh, he was so kind. Mm. Um, his name's Dr. Mellinger and I just feel like I want to put that out there because yeah. he's just the greatest. Uh, Dr. Mellinger, Dr. Sword. Those are my two OBs that I see in the same office and they're just, they've been, uh, they've been phenomenal throughout all of my health issues. <laughs> um, so he was very kind. Um, but he said, we're going to get you scheduled, um, as, as soon as possible, possibly today to go get an ultrasound. And I said, okay, uh, this isn't good. Is it? Yeah. And he said, I don't know. He's mm-hmm. like, and that's why we're just going to make sure mm-hmm. we just, it's always, it's better safe than sorry. Let's get it checked out. So, um, he did it for me, which was so nice. And his office and his staff and the women who work there yeah. are amazing. And they called and they made the appointments and they pushed and pushed until I could get, I got, I was um, seen the next day. So now this is Wednesday. So I go. So they advocated for you to get so that appointment. Hard. And, and I think that's really important to know is that with these appointments, you need either your doctors, your nurses or yourself need to need to advocate to make them be sooner. Yes. And you just have to kind of be a pain in the ass until it happens. Yes. And that's something, I mean, and that's um, exhausting. It is. It's so exhausting, but, um, that is something that I learned to do for myself and that Amy actually did for me during this time too, um, during one of my appointments. So, um, huge lesson I learned was self advocation for, for your health. Yeah. Um, and because when you go to make these appointments and I, I just want everybody to be aware, you can wait like uh, more than a month yeah, to be seen. And when you're being told that something is concerning, like that's a lifetime. Yes. It's, it's a freaking lifetime. So this is April. Um, and I, I go in on the 18th of April and I get an ultrasound and um, Randy was, Randy came to the, the office with me, but because of it being like a breast cancer center, mm-hmm. he could only stay in the waiting room. He wasn't able to come back for anything oh. because of all of the women back yeah. there that are topless. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's mammograms, ultrasounds, biopsies, all these things going on in right. this area. So if I would have known that I would have asked a girlfriend to go with me yeah. instead of him, but I'm really glad that he went with me because, um, I probably would have asked Jill. Right. And so I'm glad that he it wasn't her. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was back there by myself. I got the ultrasound and, um, the wonderful thing about the AHN, um, breast cancer center is that all of the, when you go to get an ultrasound, sometimes it's, you will only see an ultrasound tech. And so you mm-hmm. have to wait for a doctor yes. to look at results and then get your results back with this. They have the doctors there. Mm-hmm. So if the ultrasound tech sees something, they can bring a radiologist in and they'll look and they'll talk to you right away, which is what happened. Okay. So the radiologist came in and, um, again, so sweet. He's patting my hand Aww. and he's like, well, honey, uh, we just got to go the next step. Cause we just got to make sure. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do, we're going to do a mammogram. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, all right, I can do a mammogram. Mm-hmm. Never had one before. I was 38. So right. Yeah. So why would you? 
Why would I have? So I, I go in and, and Amy can attest to this. It's the most uncom- physically uncomfortable thing you can possibly be going through. I mean, they smush your boobs to the point where you're like, you're, it's going to pop. It's going to yeah, pop. Exactly. <laughs> or it's going to fall off or it's going to get cut. I don't even Did know. Did you feel like it? Seriously? Like it was going to fall I felt like it just off? might leave away, leave for me. Yeah. I, I'm like, you, you guys are going to, it's going to come off. Yeah. It's smushed to hell. It really is. Yeah. To like a point where you just, yeah. 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 It's, it's concerning. <laughs> so, and mind you, I have implants. Oh, I was like, yours really gonna... probably felt like it was going to pop. I did. I was terrified. I'm like, you're going to, you're going to burst my implant. And they're like, no, honey, we're not. We do this all the time. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? So, um, go through that. And then I- I'm st- still standing there just in pants and this and nothing on top and he comes in and he's like let's let's get you in the other room we're gonna do a biopsy oh my god boom 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 boom, boom. boom. ultrasound (laughs) to the mammogram to a biopsy that's so much i'm laying on the table and i'm on my left side because the tumor is on my right breast um to the side and they go in to do the biopsy, which I've never had one before. Did they numb you? They did. They numbed me, but it still hurts so bad. Like it burns. And then I don't know why, but apparently I'm a bleeder. So like there, there's like four people in there. Oh no. <laughs> at this point. And, um, they have to, it's, it's a whole process. When they put the needle in, they have to put a clip in to leave, mm-hmm. um, as like a marker. And, um, it's just, it's a very painful process and I'm crying, not like in a, an audible way, but I just do so many tears and he's patting my hand again. And he says, listen, I just have this feeling. It's not bad. I have this feeling. It's not bad. It's going to be PASH, which I can't remember what the the acronym is for. He's like, it's just, it's a very rare thing. And, um, it looks like cancer in every way, but it's not. Yeah. And he's like, so I, I just have this feeling that that's what this is. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, okay. It's very rare. That's what I have mm-hmm. because I, always- that's because if it doesn't happen to anyone, it happens to exactly. us. Yes, exactly. Yes. If it, if never happened before. Right. Exactly. That's doctors will be like, oh, there's only a 1% <laughs> chance. I'm like, well, then it's going to happen to me. <laughs> show. Um, and that's not me being like a negative Nancy. This is just, yeah. What this is just from experience. So I was like, okay. That has to be what it is. Mm-hmm. But I just knew it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. I just knew it wasn't. Um, so I left and Randy was in the waiting room and he held me in the waiting room. I just remember crying into his shoulder for a few minutes and then we left and went home. Um, the rest was a blur. So that was Wednesday, the 18th. And so you left not knowing though, right? Not knowing. Okay. No. Cause with a biopsy, then they have to send sure. that, you know, the, the away, or not away, but into their lab. Mm-hmm. The only reason I know the dates <laughs> is because on April 19th, the next day, that's my daughter's birthday. Yeah. It was her fifth birthday. So my daughter was not home and my phone rang and I was sitting on the couch <laughs> and I'll never forget this. I didn't have the TV on. I didn't have anything on. I was literally just sitting on the couch. Okay. Just staring. That's... Cause I was just so Anxious? Anxious. Yeah. So the phone rang and I jumped. Like I stood up and I jumped Mm -hmm. and I answered it. And it was the nurse 
um, who I had talked to the day before mm-hmm. and she said, I need you to sit down. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and I just knew right then, of course. And she yeah. said, you know, honey, I'm really sorry, but you have cancer, which is like the words that no one ever wants to hear. Those are like the things I think that top five people worry about. Yeah. Are those words. And, um, she said, but at this point it looks like it's stage one. So you're going to be okay. So I said, okay, okay, that's good. That's good. So I go and pick my daughter up from, um, her grandparents and I take her to Chick-fil-A so she can go in the little playground mm-hmm. and Randy meets me there um, from work. He was teaching at the time and that is where I, t- I saw my husband for the first time after telling him that I had cancer. It was in a freaking Chick-fil-A. Oh my gosh. By the way, screw them. Um, <laughs> I, I was waiting to see if that was coming out too. <laughs> Uh, I boycott them now. I don't think I knew about their you probably did practices know. at the time. Else yeah. I wouldn't have been there. Um, so I tried as best as I could for her to have a fifth sure. birthday. And, um, you know, I, it, like you had said, I made her t-shirt, yeah. um, it said high five and it had her little handprint mm-hmm. on it. And, um, she was playing and I just cried it was like I was talking, but just tears just kept streaming down my face and I just couldn't stop them from coming, but I could hold a conversation. Right. Um, and so the appointments begin guys, don't let this stop you from doing it, but Jesus mother freaking whatever. <laughs> I have never been to the doctor so much in my entire life. <laughs> One after another, after another. So they decide they're going to do an MRI just to see like the extent of it. Yeah. And that is when I found out that it was not stage one, but that it was stage four and it was huge. Oh my God. They thought initially it was two tumors. Um, thank God it was one. Yeah. Because two would, would have been worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was the size of, it was seven centimeters. If you just think about how big seven centimeters is, but then off of that seven centimeters were what looked like fingers from a hand. (gasps) What? Going like this. I'm making like a claw. Yeah. Um, and so it was, and then it was then that I realized that I hadn't noticed that the nipple on my right breast was flat. So that's another sign. Just so you know, if your nipples begin to invert, and not stick out anymore and they become flat to your skin or suck in. That's okay. a sign of, of that's good cancer. to know. Yes. Of a tumor. So if you see that go to your OB immediately. Yeah. If you feel anything that's hard, go to your OB immediately. If you feel one month and you get it checked and it's fine. And then the next month you feel it and it's bigger, go to your OB mm-hmm. immediately. If there's any change whatsoever. It's like a mole. If you see a mole and it changes yeah. shape or size, you want to call somebody. Same thing here. So that was what the MRI um, showed. And if you want to get a good laugh, um, go to my website and read the blog post of Adventures of an MRI Ride'em Cowboy because that is... <laughs> 
definitely. <laughs> you'll have to link that at the bottom. I will definitely link it. Um, so you'll find that in the show notes. Uh, it was an experience. Yeah. Um, you basically lay face down on the table because it's a breast MRI. And I felt like a mechanic was going to like roll underneath of me and like start looking oh my God. at the underneath, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's what it felt like. I, I got it done. I took like two Xanax because I was freaking the fuck out. Oh yeah. Um, they give you headphones. And they're like, what do you want to listen to? Um, to call, you know, keep you calm. And I was like, like rage against I the know, machine. Right? That's what I should have done. <laughs> I asked for Florence in the machine. Say, oh, there we there's go. A machine. There's a machine. <laughs> <laughs> or she could have been like, murder. Murder. Give me a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I listened to Florence in the Machine, but you can't fucking hear it because the, the MRI is so, so loud. loud. Yes. So loud. So I like vaguely can hear her telling me to shake it off. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. I was like, what? What's that, Florence? What are you telling me? I can't hear you. <laughs> Louder. And um, so I'm so hopped up on Xanax too that I'm like drooling and I can see the drool. You know, like when you're a kid oh, yeah. and you go to spit on your, like, yeah. your little sister or brother and then you suck it back up. God. I was doing that on the other table. I thought you weren't supposed to move. I didn't move. Oh. I was just drooling. I was like. <laughs> it's so gross. So nasty. And then I was like trying not to laugh. And they're talking to me over the oh, thing. Lord. And um, they're like, are you okay? I was like, I mean, I what? what's okay? I don't know what okay is. <laughs> You're like, I mean, I have cancer yeah. okay it's like i can't feel my arms is not that okay? okay ever again <laughs> i could see you getting real sassy and sarcastic that would I be was. amazing i was um th- so then they're like the guy comes on he's like okay honey you can sit up um and we'll be in in just a minute i was like sure um how the fuck do i do that <laughs> Because your my arms are stretched out above, like so I'm on my stomach and my arms are above my head like Superman, like that's the pose yeah. you're in. So, and I was like that for an hour oh without being able to move. So my arms were completely asleep. Ah! My feet are completely asleep because I haven't moved my legs. Right. So I'm like I can't use my arms to push myself up. So I was like, okay, okay, what can I do? I'm a yoga instructor. I can do this. I'm going to use my abs. <laughs> so I I like swing my legs out to the side. So they're like in a V and they're sort of hanging down off the side. And I'm like, okay, ready? I'm going to, I'm going to flip myself backwards so that I'm sitting up. So I do. I'm like, one, two, three. And I whip myself back. The sides of the MRI table dig into my <gasps> thighs so hard that I then was like <gasps> and I'm going oh, oh my god <laughs> the guys come in they're like okay hop off the table and I was like I can't move right now <laughs> wait I'm so confused how did they dig in because of where you put your legs because I swung my legs out to the side and then sat up like, so oh, my legs were on the side of the table, straddling, straddling it. it, straddling it like a freaking bull. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're like, hop on down. And I was like, sure, I can't move right now. I was like, I can't, my thighs, I can't. They're like, what are you, what's wrong? Are you okay? I was like, nothing. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's easier to just like do the painful thing than to explain. Yes. So, so the other thing is, there's two techs, and they're both men. Of course. So the one tech comes in, and he's like, oh, are you okay? And the other tech is like, oh, I thought you'd be dressed, and like puts his hands up. <laughs> and I was like, fucker, you do this all day long. 
<laughs> oh my god i was like i didn't think a pair of tits was gonna scare you off wow. i hurt myself give me a second <laughs> oh my god so yeah anyways should not be shocked by boobs when no. that's what you do you work in the boob place <laughs> uh, so anyways i leave there and um I get that call a couple of days later just to say, "Oh yeah, hey, this we skipped is, we skipped three stages. Yeah, this is a lot worse than we thought it was. Um, we're gonna get you in with a breast surgeon right away." So I got to see one of the best breast surgeons in this area. Um, her name's Doctor Kelleher. Kelleher. I'm just gonna tell everybody AHN. Yes, <laughs> Allegheny Health. Put Network. it out there. My doctors were amazing. My breast surgeon was amazing. Um, so uh, I went to see her and this is where Amy comes in because she met me for an appointment. And yes. in this appointment is when we're trying to schedule the actual surgery. Right. And at this point, she's like, I can get you in. So this is April, mm-hmm. it's like the third week of April, something like that. I can get you in in like the third week of July. And I was like, oh, n- no, that's that's not going to work. <laughs> you were pretty quiet, though. Yes, but in my head, I'm thinking because oh, your face, what you were I just can't like, do that. All right. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I know nothing about cancer, but I know we need to get this shit out now. Yes, and I feel like you said something almost exactly like that. Exactly like that. It I was, was like, ah, yeah. uh, I feel like it needs to come out like now. Yes, I'm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's like. Seriously. I think that's exactly what I said yes. because to me, that seemed like the most insane thing ever to say to someone, like. I was like, what the, first of all, what the, what are we supposed to do until then? Second of all, it's only going to grow. Yeah. And then we'll get to that part later. Thank Jesus. Right. We didn't have to wait. Mm Mm-hmm. So, God, like, here's something to gnaw on a little. You might have fucking saved my life. Well, let's not make a big, you know. Oh, I'm gonna make it a big <laughs> deal because she then came back and said, okay, she did. She said, okay, she did and scheduled the surgery for May 23rd, I believe, which still wasn't really soon enough for me, but I was like, all right, fine. I guess we can accept it. But it was I, almost exactly a month from yeah. the day of the appointment. Yeah. Um, in between there were 784 appointments. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of which, which was, um, she probably hated me in that appointment. Cause I do remember I was like, okay, so then mm-hmm. after that, when does she get new boobs yeah. <laughs> and how long does she have to wait? And then how much, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. and the lady was like, God damn. <laughs> she, I think at one point she's like, I'm going to bring my nurse back in yeah. here and she can answer these questions for you. <laughs> Basically like, listen, ladies. <laughs> So here's the craziest part of this story that you don't know is that I was actually there already for yeah. like an outpatient surgery that Scott had for that Scott. day. Mm-hmm. And so then I just went like from. <laughs> to this yes. One. You were like, listen, I'm in a section. Yeah. Um, how do I get to this section? Yeah. Are you still there? I'm like, yes, I'm still here. I haven't even gone back yet. And you like went from his surgery right over to mine. <laughs> like Miss Caregiver over there. Oh, which. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not very good at, but I pulled it together I for these to two. I did. Well, you know, you do the things you need to do for those that you love. Exactly. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just in, I guess that's a whole thing of like advocacy 
and listening to your gut. There was something in my gut. And yet, again, guys, you have to understand, Sarah and I were not who we are now no, to we each other. No, this level of close. Not even close Mm-mm. because we had a third party that was not allowing it. So, <laughs> and I had a, I was duct taping my own life. Right. So there was right. a lot of things, but there was something about my gut saying like, be obnoxious. Yeah. And so I just did. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like really curious, like what was your, what was your perception and like thought process and stuff during that appointment? Well, um, remember I met your mom for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so when I say Sarah and I weren't close, we really weren't. I did not know about her brother or her father at all. Oh, I'm sure she told you. So I got the full lowdown of like the story of... How her brother died, and then also about her dad dying and the surgeon screwing up. And I knew, I was like, Jesus God! I was like, nothing can happen to Sarah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I guess to me, I felt like my perception was that she was not making. And by this, I mean the doctor. I was a, and and I'm sure there was nothing. You know, my sister will tell me this, like that. You know, as the person, the caregiver, the patient, you have a different view of things. Of course. So I'm sure the doctor did nothing wrong, but I was appalled at like the slowness or the like, yeah. l- like we've got stage four that mm-hmm. has to come out. That's still growing mm-hmm. and it confused me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you were just sad and that made me so sad. And I could tell that you were scared and I just didn't want to like miss anything. So I like wrote everything yeah, down. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Yeah, you did. I remember you giving so me that I a could, notebook so and I could like, Here. give it to Randy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it, you know, and it is hard to do something like that and not think when you're there, like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a hypochondriac, right? Mm-hmm. So I've gotten much, much, much better. But to think like, I mean, I used to think like if I went into a hospital, I would get cancer just because I'm there. Oh. So I'm not, yeah, seriously, that's how bad it used to be. But it wasn't like that. But I mean, there are those moments where you're like, okay, so fuck, this could be like, you know, how many women, I don't even know what the statistics are, but more than not. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, but I was able to like focus and just do the job at hand. And I think that that's just what you have to do. Just do the job at hand. And if you have to carry it up, carry it up. Yeah. And I mean, cause it's your life. Exactly. (laughs) And I I don't think, I'm not positive. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was the same appointment that she told me that it was not only that stage four, but it was a grade three. Yeah. Which she, and it was also the same appointment when she told you you wouldn't like, we didn't know Mm -hmm. you and I didn't know. Nobody knew that you had to wait so long. Yeah. I honest to God, in my like ignorance and I use that in the proper term, (laughs) so many people (laughs) like to use it like it's being rude, but in my ignorance, I thought, they take the cancer out and they pop the implants in. Implants in. Yeah. I swear, I swear yeah. to you, that's what I thought. So when she said that's not what it was, uh-uh. I was like, wait, she, what? She was like 18 was like, months to two I was years. like, she has to go without boobs for two, like, hot, what? Hold on, what? Yeah. And then, I didn't know either. And then the drains, like there was just all these things she was telling me. I was like, this is a lot of fucking information. Yeah. And yeah, she did tell us that too, because I do believe then after that was your appointment to find out if you had the gene. Yes, it yes. was. Yeah. That was the next one. Yeah. So grade three, she basically, her explanation was to talk to us like we were five, which I would appreciate because I didn't know what yeah. she was talking about. She's like, this just means it's very angry. 
It's yeah. angry and it's taking its anger out really quickly. Like it's growing like fucking fast. Yes. So, um, scary. I think in my brain, I also thought if she doesn't make this happen, I'm going to tell her I'm going to cut it out. <laughs> like I'm serious. That's where my brain was. I was like, we can see a solution. Make this happen. Just get a big pair of like gardening shears. <laughs> Sorry, we'll figure it out. Fine, I've done this never. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, the the level of fear that I was feeling yes. was so deep. I feel like I just want to rewind a little bit. So I got the call that it was cancer on the nineteenth, and on the twentieth, I had a work. I, uh, I'm just, I owned a yoga studio with my, um, business partner, Jill, and we had a like event the next night and, um, it was just like a, a bend and brew, I think. So we were having like a, a brewery came and they were serving beer and we did a yoga class, um, that I taught and I had just gotten this awful news. So we taught the yoga class first and then come upstairs and the brewery is there serving the drinks. And I go into the back because I just can't be with people. Right. Um, so this is just fucking like pushed through and taught a class. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what though. Teaching was, as you know, teaching booty yoga is like, it's cathartic in ways that you don't even know you need. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes more of a necessity. Sure does. Um, so I had done this and I come upstairs and we had like a back room area and I was back there and, um, I just collapsed and, and, and cried on the floor and Randy was there. Um, because he and Jill's husband were always there for our events to take care of like the stuff going on upstairs. And both of them came into the back and like kind of picked me up off the floor, got me into a chair and, um, just stood there and, and were there for me. And then Jill decides to come back and tell me that this is our business and I really need to be out there mingling with people and talking to people. I have never felt (laughs) such rage in my life as I did in that moment. As you should. (laughs) Um, But that's just a little... So I'm going to include these little bits of things because I want you to know how important it is for you to have supportive people in your life yes. when you are going through something like this, because she also did everything she could to be the only person that I could turn to. Yes. And she did this in ways where she told people, do not talk to her. Sarah does not want to be contacted. Yeah. You can contact me and then I will relay messages to her. So I, so it isolated you. It She isolated me, but I didn't know that she did this until after the fact when multiple people told me this. And now mind you, I'm just going to pause here. The way, the proper way, ladies and gentlemen, to handle a situation like that is, um, when you're in a partnership, marriage, friendship, business, the person who, has the most to give, just fucking sucks it up and does it Mm -hmm. that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, every, 
I just feel that way with like, with, I felt that way with Scott. I feel that way with Mike and I feel that way with you. Like mm-hmm. that's just what we do. Uh-huh. Right. So for example, at our live event, I am an introvert. I mm-hmm. hate people. I mean, I love you all. <laughs> oh God. You know what I mean? And fellow introverts. Yes. <laughs> um, a social setting is not my jam. Right. Um, but I was in a better place than Sarah was that night. And I was like, all right, here we go. Pulling on. And I yeah. just, and, and I never, and cause I didn't feel any sort of like, um, anger towards you or anything. I was just like, all right, I got it. This is what has to happen. This just is what just has to happen. Right. And so you're a lot, you can't help those things. You can't yeah. help when you get a diagnosis or a panic attack or anxiety or whatever the fuck's going on. So when you, when you're that in that kind of a relationship, just the stronger person just has to step up. Yes. And that's what she should have done. She mm-hmm. should have said, honey, Randy, take her home. Mm-hmm. Thank you for teaching class. That mm-hmm. was amazing. Right. We could not have done that without you. Go home, get some sleep. We'll talk tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's how that should have been helped. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. But it wasn't. Okay. Sorry. I digress. No, no. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that it's over, that that relationship is over. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad that I eventually was like, wait. This is not good. <laughs> I think this is the way people treat people when they love each other. Yeah. So, so my here's here's how this went down. I, I had heard whispers actually of the fact that she had said this to people, but no one would like come right out and tell me. Yeah, because I think that they thought that that's genuinely what I wanted. Um, and so when I tell you, I have never felt more worthless and unloved mm. in my life there oh, as I did in those months <sighs> to be going through something like that and to feel like nobody gave a shit and that I was just alone it was so scary yeah and shitty and for someone to think that that's okay and to know that that's how I was feeling and to continue to tell people to leave me alone is fucked up. It is. It's more than selfish because she wanted to be the martyr and she wanted to be, she wanted to make sure that she was all I had. Yeah. That's total abuse. Yes. So, um, Side side note, there are more than um, romantic abusive relationships, just so you know. You can completely have a platonic relationship with someone who abuses the shit out of you. And it makes me so sad because I can't tell you how many people asked her in my presence about you, you know? And it could have been so different. It could have been so different. And the only reason I made it to that first appointment is because I snuck it in before she got her damn hands on the schedule. Yep. Yep. And, you know, because it was so early on. It was. And so every time there was a surgery or there was this or was that it had to be through her that I could find out anything. I mean, I would incessantly be like, well, don't bother her, blah, 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 that sort of thing, which I mean, guys, I set up my own meal train. Yeah. Which, by the way, and I'm not, I will explain to you what Amy did after this, but which, by the way, two people made me meals. It wasn't me. Two. I got two meals 
what the fuck? Sorry. And I'm not like poor, poor, pitiful me. Like I'm not trying to do that. What I'm trying to do is to say is that when you don't know what to do, just do something, anything, anything, because I felt so uncared for and so unloved and so worthless. And I thought maybe I have this for a reason. (laughs) Well, and no one was relaying the messages to you of all the people that were like, I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, Well, and what Amy did do though was get me a gift card for food. And that was, (laughs) I was like, that's, my yes. that's what I can do well because Amy doesn't cook we know that yeah. um <laughs> nobody wants to eat that which was so appreciated appreciated so um anyways uh even though and I just want to say too like I think that's why we're sitting here today across from one another is because even though you were being pushed away over and over and over again you still came back yeah. over and over and over again yeah um so just be there for people Okay, and that's my PSA. Um, <laughs> back to cancer. Yeah, back to cancer. The, where we left it <laughs> at stage four. <laughs> Much more fun part of the story. Just kidding. Something um, three. Uh, I don't yeah. know what the three was. Grade. Grade, grade three. three. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got the surgery scheduled and I go in for the surgery. I had to leave my house at 4 a.m., which, okay, people, I am not a morning person. Nope. So trying to make sure that my ass was awake and out of <laughs> my bed for that was like so hard. I taught a booty class the night before my sister was there and it was probably the most important thing that I've ever gotten from her was her presence yeah. in a class like that. Um, because if you have ever met my sister and know her, she, um, doesn't do rhythm, uh, doesn't do anything that's remotely involves like any type of rhythm or dancing or whatever. So for her to do that with me and for me was so great. And as soon as we sat up from Shavasana, she stood right up, walked over to me, picked me up and hugged me and held me so tight. And I just cried. That's beautiful. (laughs) And so that moment was, was a very important one that I'll never forget. Um, so, uh, Shelly, I know you're listening. So I just want to say thank you, my sissy. I love you. Um, and she was, she was my like, she was my soldier. She really was. She was my soldier, man. She stepped in and up. She cleaned the shit out of this house, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like, that's like a Tuesday for her though. She's like, <laughs> this is my like, happy space in life is to just clean everything. Yeah. Um, I mean that she like stocked my fridge, made sure I had like groceries. She bought me a Roomba so that I could have like clean floors all the time. And, um, I'll tell you what she did for me in a minute just to, to get through the surgery part. So the surgery day comes around. Um, we get in there and, um, at that point I find out there's so many things that you just don't know, or they told me and I was so in a blur and like another world. Um, because guys, this is when I got my medical marijuana card and I didn't know, uh, how to dose myself properly. (laughs) So I would try to smoke before I'd go to my appointments. And then I would just not even know what happened in the appointment. And I would leave and I would be like, Randy, did you take notes? Because I don't fucking know what just happened. And he's like, yes, honey, I got it. (laughs) So like, I was just constantly in like this completely different planet. Um, so we get in there and I, I, I find out at this point for the first time to me, um, that I have to, they have to use this, um, radioactive material injected into my breast to go through so they can see whether or not the cancer has gone to my lymph nodes. This 
is probably the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life. I mean, we're talking worse than like labor pains, anything. What? I've never experienced pain like this. So I'm, I'm this in the pre-surgery. Pre-surgery. I'm okay, in the pre-op great. room. They're like, okay, we're going to take you downstairs to do this procedure before the surgery. I'm like, okay. So they take me down like in a wheelchair, which I'm like, I can walk, but whatever. So <laughs> take me down in a wheelchair. They make me lay, but I, I know that the wheelchair was there for after. So they, I lay down on this table and I shit you not when I say to you that five nurses are in the room and I'm like, oh, are there like students? Cause let me, let me just tell you, I feel like everything that's ever happened to me, I have students in the room for. Same. <laughs> why? I don't know. Cause they ask and I'm like, sure. Why not? Yeah. So I was like, oh, are these students? And they're like, no. <laughs> okay. So they're like, oh, we're just waiting for it to come down. Well, they, this woman walks in with a cart and it has like the poison, like skull and crossbones and shit all over it. And it's like the yellow and black. And they literally take the tube out with like tongs. Like, I wish you guys tongs. could see my face because I've never heard this story and I am appalled. It's so it was like the most bizarre thing. They pull this thing out with tongs and... um it's because it's radioactive. It's like, I, I can't even remember. I can't tell you what it is. I, whatever. Okay. Radioactive. Anyways. Is fine. <laughs> and they get it ready to inject in. And one nurse grabs my left nope, leg. Nope. Nope. One nurse grabs my right leg, left, left arm, right arm, and holds me down. <gasps> I'm like, what is happening? And then the other nurse goes to inject it. She goes, honey, this is going to hurt. And I was like, Okay, okay, okay. And I start like hyperventilating because I'm scared to death. And they injected in, and I was like, fuck! Like screamed in the, and they're like, it's okay, it's okay. And so then the nurse on my my legs, they both are digging their fingernails into my, my, um, shins so that I feel that, like try to focus on that instead. And I couldn't though, because it was, (laughs) it was so bad. So I had fingernail marks from the nurses in my legs. Because that's what they do to try to like what pull the, the pain fuck? from somewhere else. Sarah. So I was like, okay, all right, all right. So it, it burns. Like it, it felt like they were injecting fire into my body. Literally. It, what? Okay. So let's, so your whole body, just your chest, my breast felt it like it was on, on fire. fire. And then because it's going into your lymphatic system, that carries throughout the rest of your body. So f- at first, like the, f- the intense fire burn is in, in my breast, yeah. but then it starts to oh my God. go everywhere. Oh. So they were like, well, just so you know, this might not work. What? And we may have to inject you with a blue dye. So if you come out of surgery and you spit or you pee or you whatever, and it's blue, that's why. I was like, why can't you just do that in the beginning? Right? <laughs> so apparently, of course, it didn't work. So when I was in surgery, they injected me with a blue dye. How long did the pain last? Um, it hurt until I was under. Not not screaming, screaming hurt. I was okay. Like I was able to talk and whatever. I was all right after that. But it, it was it was there. It was like a lingering pain Whoa. that lasted till I went under. When I woke up, it was gone. Thank God. But I've been like, if you ever, you know, I'm just, since we're giving you the information and just walk in and be like, I'll take the blue dye, please. I'll take that door. Number one over here. Thank you. Um, I don't know if the, I'm guessing that the other is more like uh, efficient or uh, not, uh, you know, probably accurate. Yeah. Probably what I'm, where I'm looking for. So my surgery was at like seven, um, AM 
uh, my bro- my brother. Holy cow, where did that come from? My husband mm. and my sister came back into the pre-op and they talked to me until they gave me the anesthesia. Um, so I told them I loved them like a million times. I had written letters to my kids just in case. Mm-hmm. I had written a letter to Randy just in case. Um, because you just don't know yeah. with these things. And so um, with every surgery, there's always complica- or possibility of complications. And so I was just very, very scared. And this was your first one. so Yeah. Yeah. Um, hell of a first surgery. Uh, no, I mean, I had my boobs done. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, in terms of this span yes, yes, of yes. illness. Correct. Things. Right, right, right. I wasn't afraid of not waking up from having breast implants. This yeah. is a different story, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess this, I guess the surgery was only supposed to last like four hours. Um, but I think at like hour six, my sister was finally like, somebody needs to come tell us something. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when somebody's in surgery, they yeah. have the, the board up there and it'll have like, you have a number assigned to yes. you and it'll say like pre-op and then in surgery right. and then post-op and whatever. So you can follow the progress. Mm-hmm. And it was just still in surgery hours and hours later. So she finally came out and talked to um my family and said, you know, it was, there was more than they thought. And she took more than she thought she needed to. Um, so she literally took every ounce of breast tissue that I had in my body <laughs> from the, st- my sternum, like all the way to the center and then all the way up to my collarbone, which guys, I didn't even know that your breast tissue goes up to your collarbone. Wow. So you're going to want to feel there too. When you are feeling for tumors and stuff for, for lumps, you just want to slide your fingers all across mm-hmm. the top of your chest under your, um, collarbone. And then you want to feel in circular motions around each breast. And armpits. And armpits. Yes. Um, they removed three lymph nodes, which is not bad. It's better than all of them. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Um, and uh, all of the breast tissue in both of my breasts. I opted for the left one. There was no sign of cancer in my left mm-hmm. side. I um, chose to have that removed for a couple of reasons. One, just for peace of mind. Yeah. Um, and two, for symmetry purposes, yeah. I wanted them to look the same, even if they both looked fucked up. At least they both looked fucked up. That's right. <laughs> one looked fucked up and one looked okay. Yep. So um, I had a, both removed. And I, I remember I told my sister, I said, you're allowed to video me when I come out because I hope I say funny shit. I remember this video. So I, I, <laughs> I, re- I woke up in post-op in my room and there was nobody in there. I was by myself. And this is one of the hardest moments I've ever had in my life. I like pulled the hospital gown out and I looked down. Oh. And I don't know why, after all of the conversations we had where they told me that I wasn't going to have implants when I woke up, I couldn't understand why I didn't have boobs. Can we laugh? <laughs> yes. I was like, where are my tits? <laughs> They're like, that was the point. <laughs> Wait, so you go to what? <laughs> First time you wake up and you've got them. And the second time when you go, there's none. There's just none. There was none. Oh gosh. So, um, it was like the opposite the of your opposite. implants. Yes. And, and. Oh shit. What I saw though, I think is this is why it was so hard. It was because my, they had left skin obviously so I could get implants. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did not go flat. Um, and the skin was like, 
if you've ever seen a deflated football, yeah, um, that's what my chest looked like. Um, so they looked like this deflated football because there was an, there's what's called an expander in there. So the mm-hmm. expanders are meant to, um, and they're real thick feeling like yeah. a football. So you go, um, every week to get those filled with saline a little bit at a time to stretch the skin, mm-hmm. to get the skin ready for you to be able to have full size implants put in other things you don't know, right? That you got to go like exactly every couple of weeks to get more saline pumped in. Like yeah. what? Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, had the, these deflated footballs with Frankenstein looking black stitching across my chest. And so in a moment of vanity, I was like, wow, I wanted this out of me so bad, but I didn't want to look like this. Oh, that's, I can relate. <laughs> that sounds like it, exactly something I would have thought of. And it was like another vain moment. I had spent this money and I had spent mm. this surgery time and I had, had sacrificed, you know, whatever to get breast implants put into my body mm-hmm. because I, that was a part of me that I was so self-conscious about. And now here I am right back in like that spot of like a yeah. physical vanity, like loathing, like looking at myself and being like, that's gross. So then Randy and my mom and my sister come in. And, um, I have no idea what I said after that. I, I do remember I like insisted that my sister buy the nurse a pink drink from Starbucks. I don't know why. <laughs> like I just, <laughs> I wanted one. She was like, that sounds good. And I was like, get her one. Make sure it's a Trenty. Like <laughs> that's about all I remember. I don't know. But, um, I just another thing that I'm mad at myself about. And I'm just going to say, I d- not even a remotely a little bit blame Randy or think that he did anything wrong. Yeah. But, um, I knew that he was exhausted mm-hmm. and so, uh, he could have stayed with me in the room and I told him to go home Yeah, and he did. And I regretted it so badly. It was hard to be alone. So hard to be alone. So like I, it was probably 7 PM at this time. Cause dear God, I, I think I was in surgery for close to seven hours, maybe longer. Wow. Because once the breast surgeon finishes her part, mm-hmm. then the pla- so there's a, it's like a tag team surgery. Yeah, the breast surgeon goes in, removes the cancer. The, the plastic surgeon goes in, puts the expanders in, okay, and then sews you up. So I had been in, I was in surgery for like seven hours, something like that. Anyways, I got to go home the next day because I am a complainer and I will bitch the shit out of somebody until they let me out of the hospital. I hate being in the hospital. When I had both my kids, I was like, let me out. I want to go home. So I did the same thing here. <laughs> So it was like the soonest that I could, they would possibly let me walk out those doors. I was out. Um, so I went home and things you don't think about, uh, that I researched ahead of time. I had a pillow, uh, to go on my chest so that when the seatbelt went on, it wasn't on my chest. Like just things that you don't, you know, like don't even think about. I had these drains that were horrendous. They're awful. If you've ever had a surgery where you have to have drains, it's absolute worse. Of course, one of them got infected. It was like a whole mess. But after that, how do you shower with drains? You, you don't, don't, you don't. How so, long do you have drains? Um, I had drains for 13 days. Holy shit. I will never forget how many, how long, because they were like five days ish, you know, probably about five days. And so I was like, okay, it's been five days. And they were like, well, you still have a lot of fluid coming out. Like you're going to have to keep them in. Oh my God. And I would just keep going back day after day after day for them to tell me I had to keep them in another day and another day and another day. 
So eventually got to the point where they were like, how about you just call us and tell us what the CCs are that are coming out? Yeah. And then we'll tell you when to come back in. And I was like, like we don't want to see your face anymore. <laughs> well, they were probably like sick of me being like, yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> like throwing fits in the office about taking them out. Um, so that's, that's a whole thing. Uh, I couldn't shower. Um, and I also, I just, this is another way I want to thank my sister is she bathed me. Yeah. And God, is that a hard thing to have somebody yeah. have to do that for you? For sure. I did not want Randy to do that for me because yeah. I just wanted, it's like, there are things that you can't go back from. <laughs> yeah. And that was just one thing I didn't want him to have, um, in his mind yeah. about me. So I asked my sister and she was a beautiful person about it. She, uh, she's, I swear she had to have been some kind of healer or something in a previous life. She sounds like she has a real gift for caretaking. Like, like it the, comes yes. almost easy to her. It does. It's a very natural thing yeah. for her. She is taking care of her best friend. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, we should have her on this show actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's, she's done it a lot. Yeah. Um, she actually used to work in a group home for, uh, um, mentally challenged adults and she would care for them in that way too. So she's just, she's got a big heart. Um, so she was wonderful in that way. And I was so, so sad when she left because if you don't, she doesn't live here. She doesn't live around here. She stayed for a while. She stayed for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. She was here for about a week, a week and a half maybe, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think once I was able to shower is when she was, she felt okay with me with going back home. Um, and yeah, so then, you know, you're trying to physically heal and you've got all these people telling you, you're so strong. You're such a, you're such a survivor. You're so, I like, I'm just cannot believe like you are so strong. Like I heard the word strong so many times and I have never felt so weak in my whole life. I wonder why that's people's favorite word to use. I think that it was used all the time for me as well after Scott died. Yeah. From the day that I found out he died till like, you know, I finally posted somewhere like, don't fucking say that to me anymore. Don't tell me anymore. Because I'm not. Like, I'm dying inside. Like, if we can give you from two women who have been told we're strong. (laughs) Like, I know that you- I'm tired of being strong is the damn truth of it. It God, amen. Yeah. I think that is probably the thing of it. It's like, I don't, can I please fall apart from it? Yeah, exactly. Because when you tell somebody how strong they are for Mm -hmm. doing something like that, it's almost like you're taking away their permission for them to feel what they're going through and to fall apart. And then it makes you feel like you've got to keep your shit together for whoever's saying that to you, like, so that they don't, you don't, you know, impede on their day. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But I just kept saying to people, I'm not strong. I just don't have another choice. Good. That's a good answer. And that's a lot of times what I said too. Like, yeah, what else am I supposed to do? Exactly. It's either this or die. Exactly. Like that's really all there is. There's two options and and, what I'm doing or dying. And I chose to not die by having this surgery. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I think we're already on that path. Yeah. So I'm going to try to stay there. But it was like, I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted it to be okay for me to fall apart. Yes. And I never felt like I could do that. Yeah. Cause then it's, then you think you're scaring your, you know, kids or your family or yeah. Yeah. your friends or whatever. And 
you don't want that because then they're like, they're thinking they're going to lose you. Mm-hmm. No. So it's, it was a hugely life changing thing and, um, something that just like rings in my ears and I cannot get out of my freaking head. This is one thing that I've been trying to move past. And, um, because honestly, my interactions with Jill, and if you listen to the gaslighting episode, I swear we refer, like reference it every freaking episode. But <laughs> if you listen to it, you'll know exactly like kind of what I went through. Everything that she had said and done, whatever, I've been able to completely move past. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, that's a, that's a person that I just, that's just not important in my life. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. But I think that because what she said was so true, um, this is something that I, I've had a hard time letting go. She said to me, you're just not as fun as you used to be. You're not the same anymore. And I was like, well, fuck. I mean, you're right. Yeah. But what do you fucking expect from Uh, me? Exactly. (laughs) But that is something as I've gone through these really, really deep holes of depression the past couple of years that rings in my ears and cannot get out of my freaking head. Because if you, if you're listening to this and you have been my friend for decades, like, and you've known me forever, you know that like, that's who I was to everyone was like the fun one. Mm -hmm. Like the, like if you wanted to have a good time, you would call me and say like, do you want to go out? And I'd yeah. be like, yes, I was always up for anything. Mm-hmm. Very fly by the seat of my pants. Very, very social and always f- like being funny and fun and like just having a good time. And, but guys, like I was also swallowing trauma. Yes. yes. And hiding mm-hmm. behind humor mm-hmm. And using it as a coping mechanism, which I got to say, I'm completely a, a proponent of like, use your humor, use your, clearly whatever. we do. Yes. But don't hide In conjunction it. with facing it. Yes. Sit in it, mm-hmm. feel it, break down, build yourself back up, use the humor. Yeah. Don't hide behind it. Yeah. Don't push it down and use the humor to mask it. Use it in conjunction with feeling yeah. it. And that was something that, I mean you heard my story on uh, my suicidal ideations and my hospitalization that doing that is what caused me to go into the hospital. Doing that is what caused me to want to take my own life. Yes. That's what started that path. Well, and no, we know that path was started a long time ago with trauma all the way back to your childhood, but with never dealing with it. Exactly. And then it just like compiles and compiles and compiles. And you know, this idea that just, just like keep busy or just like breathe or ground yourself. I believe in all of these things, by the way. Um, but no, sometimes you have to face it. Yeah. And you have to like look it right in the eye and sit in it. Yeah. Because it's some things are just too big to be busied out of you. Yes. Yes. That's a really good way to put that. Yeah. Pause. I really feel like I do have a lot more to say. Okay, let's pause. Do you, do, should we record more another time? No, I just need a break. Okay. Should I, I'm going to second episode it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we when should. we come back next time, 
uh, I'm going to, so this, I just wanted to tell this story and I, I intended to do one episode, but I, I had a feeling I left it <sighs> blank. Knew. She knew I left it blank. So I had a feeling she might need and a I second like, one. Nah, I can definitely <laughs> get all, the whole story in, but, um, you know, I want to, I think it's very important for those of you who are, are struggling through this yourselves or know someone, or you might possibly at some point go through it, um, to know what happens after, um, in terms of relationships and sex and mental health yeah, and all of those things. So, um, I'm going to pop back on and talk about that in another episode. So join us back. We'll probably give you two in a week. Yeah. So that's our gift to you. It's a very important topic. And, you know, since everything has a month, we feel like it's a good time to tell you the full story of Sarah and her journey through breast cancer. So we'll be back with a uh, second half. Yeah. Thanks for listening about my titties. (laughs) Stay (laughs) weird and wild. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. Editing and production by Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this, join our fan club at patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. Follow us on Instagram where you'll find our link tree to all things here at the UT. If you have a story to tell or a topic you'd like us to discuss, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Until next week, warriors, hold on. We're going to make it. Say it